Howdy folks, welcome back to the MatchNet Podcast. We have a special, special ist guest for y'all today. We are introducing the new director of the Blessing Ministry, the BFM drumroll. I'm going to drumroll here on my desk. Who is this fine young lady? And what is she about? And why is she doing this? This is Karina Mendez. Welcome Karina to the BFM. Hello everyone. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be in the finally in the MatchNet podcast and I hope you can you will hear me more often around here but yeah I'm so excited to uh, get to know you and for you to get to know me yeah fantastic so that's kind of the the intro to this episode is we're going to introduce you who you are but actually more I think importantly is where you're going why you're here what motivated you at a young young a, a young lady with a newborn isabella is, is rather rather young right she's almost one years old right yeah not even yeah. not even one years old uh inspired you to become the director and take on this role so i want to hear a little bit about that but also what your vision is you know where you're trying to take the blessing ministry and what is calling you here right so tell us a bit about yourself we have no idea where you're from or where you're living or any of that <laughs> of course uh so I'm originally from South America, Uruguay. I was born as the first, second generation there and took a kind of leadership role. But uh, my personality in general is almost mostly a very strong leadership type, uh, rebellious (laughs) kind of uh, personality. So I did, uh, although I did got... um, in my in my in Uruguay, I took a lot of leadership roles. At the same time, in my um, like growing process and uh, my teenager years, mostly I struggled a lot with the concept of a blessing and uh, as well uh, the matching and the purity itself. Right. So I have a whole story. Maybe another day we'll share about it. Mm-hmm. But that uh, my own journey. And my own questions inspire me that I really, I was really passionate about the concept of um, the blessing and matching, something that it runs in my family as well. I was uh, suggesting people like to parents, oh, I, I suggest my friend to a parent before I was even matched. So um, kind of, of those. Uh, yeah, I was one of those um, <laughs> <laughs> making matches before the time. <laughs> Uh, uh, but at the same time, I'm very passionate about the uh, love, pure love, and sexuality. So that's where I started with High Noon first as a volunteer in 2018, and then as a staff in 2020. It was a whole journey with High Noon, and I feel that that became the my foundation of a lot of the things of how I do things. And I'm really grateful for High Noon. Um, we launched High Noon in Latin America, and we did many things uh, trying to expand uh, other audiences here in the United States. And yeah, it was a wonderful three-year journey together. And I wasn't planning to end it because honestly, there was nothing that wrong with High Noon. I didn't want to leave High Noon. It wasn't like, oh, I was looking for a place to leave. But um, after giving birth, I... I was really debating if I should continue working or not, or how I'm going to balance motherhood and uh, my mission. So that was like the the main question I had. And the, the, after, after the eight day ceremony, I have a kind of like a spiritual experience where I felt that my daughter was not mine and that God, it was God's daughter. Therefore, it wasn't my only responsibility to take care of her. Like it wasn't, it sh- it sh- she will not depend only on me on her growing process. And and that I should become an example of what she want, I want her to become. So if I want to continue my mission, um, do it in a heart where like I can do it in a way that is enjoyable, that is joyful. And that if she one day decides as well to do some offering to the world, 
that she can feel, even if she had children, that she can do it herself. Um, so that kind of like drive me to feel like, okay, if I'm gonna be spending time away of my daughter and in the future, my other children doing some sort of mission, then I, the feeling was I wanted to level up uh, in what I was offering. And of course, like what that meant, I didn't know. I thought it was inside high noon. So I had some ideas, um, but yes, then exactly around that time, the, um, there was promotion about, uh, an application was open for the director role for of Blessing Ministry. And I always knew it was like, I always knew that at some point in my life, I will be in BFM. It was something mm -hmm. that I knew that it was coming, but I never, I was expecting that that will happen like on my thirties or something like that, you know, like late, really, uh, well, I feel like I'm too young, but I still, <laughs> there's, I'm not so far from 30, yeah. but I still feel so far. <laughs> hey, I started BFM work when I was 22, so. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel younger than I am actually, but either way, I thought I will be. You're not like, that young. Don't worry. I know. <laughs> I'm. I had to remind myself. So yeah, I I thought it will be uh, later in my life, and so I I let it go. I I swear, I have in my mind at least twenty five people that will be wonderful for the role. So I thought that, like very quickly, someone will that they will find the right person very quickly. So I was like, okay, um, I let it go. Three months pass, three months, like my full maternity leave pass. I I was already out of like postpartum depression and all those things, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the hormones and all that. that you experience Not funny. Not a laughing no matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was past all that. And um I heard that they haven't found someone for the role. Yeah. And I was like, what? How is mm. that possible? I, I, I'm not, I was so Doesn't everyone shocked. want to be the BFM director? Come on. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Dream job. I know. I was like, how is it possible? <laughs> so I know I'm, I'm very, I'm very different. Maybe because I'm not American, but most Americans, mm. I learned that most Americans don't want this job. Either way. <laughs> I uh, I asked Susan to, um, from HR uh, about the the um, the description of the role and the qualifications, and I was surprised that I had all the qualifications that they were required. So I entered in a very kind of like debating mode, shocking mode. I was shaking for like a whole three days, not knowing what to do. I I talked with Uncle John, and the feeling was like. Okay, just just apply. You you don't know what God has, what is God's plan, and even if you don't know that, like you can figure it out in the process if God wants you to do this or not. So just just put yourself available, and then let God tell you. Because I mean, I had to go through the process of letting go my idea of like the possibility that I will not continue with High Noon. Um. But I, I just felt like I had to make myself available for God. And mm -hmm. so I uh, I apply and I let it go. I didn't thought about it. And I was like, okay, if they don't accept me, better. <laughs> it's <way> better. <laughs> so I passed. And, uh, uh, the time passed. It was a very hectic time because it was just right before the blessing. So it really, like, I don't know how Andrea and Yana did it during that time, but they've they were able to do a interview with me and the interview ended up being like three hours interview just because we were talking about several like it was it didn't felt like a uh an interview it felt like a conversation and we were brainstorming and things like that and it that felt really good like oh oh that's a sign that there's something that i hear that i resonate with and mm -hmm. that i can offer right and then um yeah it was funny because I was they they and they gave me an offer um 
just right before the blessing. No, no, no. It was 10 days after the blessing. That was um, March something, March 20. And then uh, after we signed the the, the offer contract, uh, it, was, it was funny, like literally three days after they changed leadership and now Kimi wasn't more the national leader and Damien came in. So I uh, kind of like Damien, uh, Reverend Dunkling had to deal with like accept that I was in the, in the new position it was very interesting um and yeah that's that's the whole story I guess to summarize or no like the part that I didn't share it's like okay what made me at the end decide okay I got the offer what made me accept the offer right and I the the reason honestly it was mostly because um, I want to grow. I want to grow myself. And I felt that there was something I can offer. And um, I remember one of your podcasts uh, here, Imagine It, Benji, the first episodes you share about how you make a decision and you ask yourself, what will be the most loving um, decision that you can take, right? And I, I felt that taking the role and knowing that it has been hard for some for people or for to find the right person was the most loving thing I could do. And putting myself in an uncomfortable position, it will make me grow and faster in life. And I, I, it took me some time, but it was hard. I had to get to the point that I felt confident that I had something to offer for BFM. And um, that's, that's basically the, the whole story. And I know like, everyone knows that the the whole point of this whole process will be to grow into the role. Like I'm not quite there yet, 100%, but everyone trusts me. And with that trust, I, I want to trust God and myself that I will get there and I have just to be more patient with myself. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's good to have a little back backstory background here. Um, are you are you blessed? Oh yeah, <laughs> I completely forgot. About <laughs> I skipped the whole part. <laughs> You're single single mom here raising a daughter. <laughs> I think I mean Robert's much more famous than me, so <laughs> I guess everyone. That's about to him. change. Don't worry. <laughs> So yes, I got blessed with Robert Cunningham in 2020. We had a wonderful three years matching experience. Well, it wasn't that like it wasn't wonderful all the time, but uh, we had our our process, and then we got blessed. And yeah, it's been he is Robert, my husband. He is my 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 rock, my everything. And uh, if I'm here, it's because of him. And because his willingness to really support me in every decision and everything. And he's now taking care of Isabella right now while I'm mm -hmm. doing this podcast, for example. So, and he, 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 he we really working as a team and, and I honestly cannot do anything without him. Yeah. yeah. So I really feel my blessing as a blessing. That's just wonderful. wonderful. Yeah, it's a, it's wonderful. So I want to hear a bit about, if you will, download to us kind of what's what's on your heart and mind moving forward. Uh, I think this is cool because I just want to highlight the fact that Karina's story is like, she is a lot of you guys who are listening to this podcast. She's not like a, you know, <laughs> she's not like the Reverend Shanker type who was, God bless him, the BF, BFD director for so many years. And and we had Chris Sencha after that. And we had Marjorie Busing. We had... Uh, Andrea, right, as kind of interim director. Now we have Karina. She is, and and not to like underqualify her, but she's she's just like us, right? She's a second generation. She's she's uh, questions her own, you know, as, as you put it, you question your own um, contribution to the BFM role or your own worthiness of this role. But you decided, in the face of fear. And uncertainty you decided to courageously move forward right and to have faith and i think that's that's a story for 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 all of us and everyone that's you know 
in a situation where, yeah, trying to make big decisions in life is, do I make the loving decision or do I make the decision based in, you know, what's convenient or what's uh, safe, right? But with all that said, uh, I do look forward to hearing more from you in the coming months uh, here at the podcast, but also I want to kind of hear because I don't really, I don't really know on a personal, like, I don't know what's on your mind. I know you guys just had a retreat, right? A staff kind of gathering uh, in New York or New Jersey. And uh, what's the, what's the lowdown? What's, what's new in the BFM world? Well, um, the thing that is new is the whole providence is shifting right now. It's very interesting. It's something that has never happened in the history so far, like, and not at this level. Uh, Reverend Dunkley is really shifting and helping the U.S. North America movement to align with True Mother and to enter a new era. So that's that's completely new. That's something that we're trying to figure it out what what it will look like, right? What it will look like uh, in the new era in aligning with True Mother. How we will work together, right? Um, North America is very complex our kind of like um movement uh community because we're so spread there's more than 50 churches around the country and although we have work in a regional level usually what happened um and some regions work really well as regions but others are very spread and it's really hard to actually work in a regional level as well, Rwanda Dunkley is telling us or have told the whole movement that we had to work in a local level. So that has a very big impact in um, how blessing ministry will work from now on. Pastors need have a stronger role in this new direction. Um, and we're trying to figure it out. Like, honestly, as uh, as there's many questions and not so many answers yet, but I I feel very confident because it's kind of like how the whole thing is working right now. Like it's not only BFN that isn't in this situation. The whole North American movement is in this situation where there are many uh, questions, but not so many answers because our Reverend Dunkling and True Mother is trusting us that will find the answers through connecting and aligning with her and with the Junction One. So it's, it's empowering, it's an empowering era mm -hmm. where we we have, like each one of us has their own responsibility to find these answers. It's like, like we don't have, there's no one from the top that is gonna tell us, okay, you have to do this, this and that, you know? Does that, that's not happening anymore. We had to understand, align with the heart, and then based on that, make the best decisions What on what direction heaven is telling us to go. Mm. So currently we're in a period of uh, praying and gathering information. Some of the like key things that I've seen in the future is that um, at least the national level uh, BFM, uh, their main purpose will need to be serving pastors and community leaders. We still don't know how that's going to look like and how it's going to be applied, but that's strongly what we've been feeling through conversations with Brenda Dunkling, with conversations with each other, that we need to unite. We need to feel united. And something that um, I envision that blessing ministry and hopefully the whole BFN department too is that we are not a separate organization we are part with our ministry of heavenly parent holy community that's really that's that's really the thing we are just a part a piece on the heavenly parents holy community and each one of you is a piece is a part it was part of this community and we need to kind of like absorb this identity as holy community as like as the um as the 
the nation the chosen nation mm. well, we have to understand our identity as the chosen nation as the chosen community but not not like close ourselves but invite people to join our community mm. and there's uh, many things happening shifts when we understand completely the concept of heavenly parent and when we when we understand uh, completely what is true mother and what it means that the true mother is only the begotten daughter and how that balance with our heart and love for true father right so when we see that from that point of view a lot of things changes a lot of things shifts and um so right now we are in a just align our hearts just align mm -hmm. our hearts praying understanding what is the struggle at the local level because the, so far, the history has been that anyone in a headquarters, in an office, is telling people in a local level what they have to do, and then the, it's a friction, right? That, uh, like, it's it's very interesting because Dr. Young, before uh, having to leave, he he kind of prepared everyone to this because he made basically almost almost everyone in headquarters to go to a local level and work in a local level and that have a really big impact in how um people who were working in headquarters understood how things like how uh things look in a local level including the things that they do from headquarters right so is that's the whole thing uh that is very exciting mm, but as i say i there's not answers yet mm. and i'm so looking forward to hear from everyone every single every person um i want to talk with the matching supporters i want to talk with the bfm representatives the senior advisors there's so many people involved in bfm and they're amazing it's like Mm -hmm. Honestly, uh, Uncle John Abel said he runs 50% <laughs> of whatever BFM does. He's mm -hmm. like crazy. And uh, because of people like him is that the boat, the sinks are still running, right? But the truth is our church currently is going in a very big crisis externally, at least. And internally, we're trying to connect ourselves. So that's that's where... That's where we are, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, but we're very, very hopeful. Like this is scary, but hopeful. I want to echo the BFM. The reason that I became a matching supporter when I was 19, 20 years old, when I first was trained as a matching supporter, is I went to the workshop just to kind of see what it's about to become a matching supporter. This was in New York, UTS, and I was inspired by how selfless these people are like matching supporting is one of the most behind the scenes selfless things you can do it's like you help people get matched and blessed they they get they get blessed they get married they have their kids they have their wedding and they completely forget about generally oh totally they completely <laughs> forget about you <laughs> like how many people i've helped through the magic process is like oh you know congratulations you know <laughs> and it's not why we do it right but i was inspired okay. by how selfless, like the absolute selflessness that -ness that people have as matching supporters is, is what moved me to want to be one, actually. And that's kind of led me on this path to, to wanting to be a part of this, because I wanted to do something that was just like really in the lives, in the nitty gritty uh, lives of helping people get, go through this process of understanding themselves and where their, where their weaknesses are and the roadblocks and helping them overcome those like sexual uh, integrity, like, um, you know, self-consciousness, like insecurity, like uncertainty of the future, like all that stuff and help them through the process and receive the blessing. It's one of the most fulfilling things. So I'll just echo that. I think BFM folks are just incredible. Like the amount of devotion people spend time, energy and selflessness. Like I was even thinking about you, right? Like people who are not even matched are like trying to match people, right? Like they have that level of desire. Like instead of matching myself, I'm going to recommend people to my friends. Like that, that kind of desire is really beautiful. Um, but also something you mentioned about this, this new, this new spiritual economy that we're in, right? Uh, something that I gained most profoundly from the rebirth workshop that I attended with Damien in Las Vegas 
is that I believe, based on my understanding and my sincere prayer in the Chongqingwon, is that I believe that we are in an era that is akin to the early Christians after the time, after the resurrection or the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. At the time, they didn't have anything to go off of. They didn't have a Bible, right? Yeah. They didn't have words from Jesus so much. They didn't have a chanshin one. They didn't have anything, written word. So what did they use? They literally had to go by, what does my conscience say? And how do I align that with God and with Christ? And that is what made it into the history books. And that is how history was written. And so I believe that we're in that time and, and it's an empowering time because then we can ask ourselves, okay, what does my heart say? And what does God say? But I also know that this is a very tricky question for people because people will confuse this with, oh, I'm just going to do what I want. Yeah. I'm just going to do whatever I want and I'm going to hope and pray and have faith. That's what I'm supposed to do. Wrong. Totally wrong. So I want to yeah. make this clear. Like there's, there's a certain motherliness about this that is required which is like you know follow your heart follow your conscience your original mind but there's also a fatherly necessity that i want to employ here which is no don't do what you want because what you want is probably wrong and selfish yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying so there's like a balance here so i'm i'm curious about this karina like what is what is the balance between how do i know what my conscience and what god wants but how do i make it not starting a, a splinter group or becoming the next, yeah. <laughs> you know, anyways, we won't, we won't get into that. Yeah, I, I, I do believe that the, the main point here is unity. Like, if you can grasp true mother's vision, if you can grasp uh, completely uh, vision of what is like direction of the future of our moment here in North America, if you can really feel it, see it, touch it in a way right and it's completely aligned and it's completely connected and you are actually praying for it and you feel like you you see true mother and you really feel like okay i i completely know this person i completely know her and understand her mission and i want to do something for for her for what she um has done in this earth right you read True Mother's autobiography and you're like by the way it's so funny I read True Mother's autobiography when it came out and my my feeling mm. was oh my goodness this is nothing <laughs> like I mm. didn't feel anything I was like why is she self-promoting herself all the time that was honestly my my thought and then after the reverse workshop I started to read the, the autobiography of True Mother again I was a completely different it's like what is this why I never I didn't see it from this way it's so it's so crazy mm -hmm. but yeah it's like if you really understand the vision and then you really pray of uh, what are your action steps toward fulfilling that vision then it's gonna be great you know it's, it's gonna be great I I mean honestly what is the difference between witnessing through YouTube or witnessing through, I don't know, a podcast? God will not care how you mm -hmm. like trying to connect people to God and true mother, right? That's not the way like you can do it differently. Like you can just trust your God, trust your talent, but it has to be connected with uh true mother and we need trust we need to trust that our leaders are guiding us to the correct place right so if we don't trust currently our leadership um then we're going to have a hard time to take right decisions the truth mm -hmm. that's the truth um so but yeah and then we need to trust in the principles and we need to trust like vfm sadly and not sadly, like so many people are struggle with blessing ministry because they think that we are the lawyers of our church, that we have it's like a, a book of rules that people need to follow. And that's who we are. Right. And in a way, blessing ministry, it is because they are in charge of protecting lineage and making sure that lineage is protected and it keeps and it changes in the correct way so there is some kind of like uh steps get to get there but um 
so many people like don't trust that these guidelines are based on are accepted and are based on true mother um kind of like uh direction right so in a way we need to to trust that and we need to understand like and accept that if there are some guidelines coming from um korea coming from international headquarters uh, they need to trust that these guidelines are being approved by true mother and so my i think that that's that's the distinction there's there's the the poem of the crown crown of glory that i think is it, it really represents how how to connect in this moment where you have to make your own decisions and guidance okay so father wrote the the poem of crown of glory and it says when i doubt people i feel pain when i judge people it is unbearable when i hate people there's no value to my existence if it i believe i'm deceived if i love i'm betrayed suffering and grieving tonight my head is in my head am i wrong yes i'm wrong even though we are deceived still believe even though we are betrayed still forgive love completely even those who hate you wipe your tears away and welcome with a smile those who know nothing but deceit and those who betray without regret oh master the pain of loving look at my hands place your hand on my chest my heart is bursting such agony but when i love those who act against me i brought victory if you have done the same thing i will give you the crown of glory why i'm bringing this uh, poem is because i know that there's been pain from the past and i know that we're not trusting each other and if we really want to know how like if a decision or like a, a step that we receive through praying is aligned currently as is, is it coming from a place of loving is it come from a place of trust is it come from a place of really like unconditionally giving or it come from a place of I'm doubting about my leadership I'm judging the people who are leading us I hate those people because they have hurt me in the past if we come from that heart then yes we will create different groups but if we come from a place of, of forgiveness and I'll continue loving then we will see changes in our community mm. so many people have gave up in our community because of the mistakes of the past and I feel and I truly believe that we're in a new era where we not we need to forgive about the pa the past mistakes and we need to align with a heart of like I I we can do it differently but the thing is that we cannot do it by ourselves we had to do it through connecting and aligning ourselves again in unity I do so what I'm hearing you saying is that <clears throat> so I'm kind of trying to wrap this around my head uh yeah. what is aligned is not just what I want obviously it's not just what God wants because that is just you know anyone could say God told me to do this right <laughs> so it has to be a triangular alignment between my conscience and God and true parents hmm. and that is how alignment happens and that and it's through that unity but it's not through unity actually what I'm hearing you say it's through trust yeah and right. it's like the thing is true mother true parents and God they're so far away in a way right they're so far away so what I'm saying is like we need to trust in our leaders in our, and the people that they're closer to us too like we need to trust like on Brendan Dunkling on our pastor and of course there are some I mean we learn in the reverse workshop there is still leadership have made mistakes so we cannot forget about the alignment with parents and God because if we see that a leader is not aligned with that then it's a right decision to not follow that leader 
completely or at least not in that direction but at the same time now we like we need to come back to gain that trust even if one leader or a group of leaders did something wrong the truth is that instead of a, a triangle it's like a square actually and our connection with true parents is uh our leadership is our pastors is our national leader so we can hate them or we can choose give them another opportunity and another opportunity right yeah so that's that's my main point it's like of course we need to be, to be aligned with true parents but true parents are far from us as well so who is our connection is our leadership i'd like to get more into trust because that's something that a lot of people wonder about is like how is trust actually built you know we talk about having trust within couples trusting with parent-child relationships and it's not something that you can just force right it's like oh i'm gonna trust everybody <laughs> i'm gonna leave my door open in my house and my car unlocked from now on because i'm deciding to trust everybody sure but is that wise but also how is trust actually created and i want and i kind of want to emphasize the importance of trust in in a practical way in relation with parents and a matching process right because okay. this is a common question that people people ask is how do i build unity with my parents right because we always talk about parent child unity spousal unity but the reality is that uh based on one one section of father's autobiography where he talked about his relationship with mother and he said that the most important thing in a relationship is trust and I realized that unity is actually a byproduct of trust. Unity mm -hmm. is a manifestation, is naturally manifested manifested when trust is present. So for example, mm -hmm. if, if a matching candidate, if, if a you know fine young man or woman goes to their parent and just in a hypothetical example, which is pretty common and says, I would like to consider matching with this person and has a recommendation, right? I, I met this person at, at GPA or at a workshop or wherever, and I'd like to consider them as a matching candidate. If it is a untrusting relationship, a disunited, ununited relationship, the parent will say, what? No, absolutely not. It's a terrible idea. You're wrong. I'm right. Just flat out. And then the child will say, well, I'm going to do it anyways, because you don't know what's right for me, right? Kind of happens sometimes. But in a genuinely, let's say, trusting relationship, how would this situation unfold? The, the child will say, I have this suggestions, recommendation as a matching for myself. If the child, and then if, if the parents don't agree, let's say the parents don't agree in this situation and say, I don't think that's a good idea. If they're a trusting parent, if they are a good parent, what would they say if they don't agree? They would say, I don't agree with you. I don't think it's a I good idea, you. but I'm willing to support you. And I mm -hmm. trust in your intention and I trust that the outcome will be good, right? Totally. And on the other side, if a child is a really trusting child and a child says, I have this suggestion and the parents say, I don't think that's a good idea. They're not gonna say, oh, you know, forget you. I'm gonna live my life and do what I want. They will say, they will be like, oh, interesting. Why is it that my parent thinks this is a bad idea? Maybe there's something mm -hmm. that they're seeing that I'm not seeing. Maybe perhaps my parents know me better than, than I do. Maybe they're mm -hmm. able to see something in the future that's not gonna work out, right? So mm -hmm. the point here is that even though there's conflict, even though there's disagreement, there can still be trust and there can still be unity. And yeah. so I'm using this as like a prime example of what it looks like to build a united relationship in spouses, but also parents is, is it's based on trust. It's based yeah. on, am I willing to, to consider that maybe there's something that my child or my parent on both sides is seeing that I can learn from, or I can gain from, or that I'm not seeing. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Anna, I would love to hear from your thoughts. I'm just going to add that yeah. the reason is so hard to trust because trusting means letting on control. When you trust, you don't, you lose control in that thing, you know? Okay, I'm trusting my parents in this. I have to let go control of the uh, results of of the mm -hmm. this process, for let's say, right? Um, why I had to trust in my leadership. Therefore, I had to let go the control or or the 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 feeling that everything is wrong. You know, like everyone mm -hmm. is doing wrong. Everyone is stupid. Um, it's I'm it's right. like mm -hmm. I'm right, right. So 
going through the process of letting go control that's what that's one of the part of things of blocking a trusting relationship including in the marriage too um yeah what what do you think how trust is built i have no idea <laughs> i i don't know i think i think i'm a trusting person generally maybe i don't know but also i i, I do believe that i i like i have control right so in some senses i'm very trusting in some senses i'm not when you say that like my house is always open like we don't ever lock our house door i never lock the door of our car uh and that's probably because we live in a trustworthy area you know i've ch i've chosen where we live to be somewhere that people are trustworthy um but yeah i i i fundamentally agree with that that idea that it's hard to trust because we we lose something or we, we perceive that we lose some things in the in the in the short term for a long-term benefit a long-term gain and that's something that's hard to grasp right hmm. so when people are trusting in mother leadership uncle damien what are actually i think i'm going to call him that uncle damien that's a good word to use because people are like <laughs> i've known him for many years it's like i can't call him Revan dunkley or president dunkley it's it's hard you know so i'm gonna call him uncle damien that works uh, what does it look like to trust leaders and and how does that i guess have you experienced something like that you know in your own life so far yeah um i think there's two two things um one is to like in order to trust someone you have to know them right and have this feeling that you know them so personally, when I joined the rebirth workshop, I felt at the end of the workshop, oh, I I kind of grasped the feeling of knowing Reverend Denkling's intentions and heart, and therefore it was super easy for me to trust him. Um, and then he guided us to mother's heart. So then I felt, oh, now I know true mother's heart. And therefore it was again very easy to trust true mother right and uh how you know someone is to understand their the internal world right um of of the of the each both uh the other person right so i did feel that i was able to understand um these two key leaders um especially true mother's intention on all this process mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's one key but then there's one aspect that is a decision mm -hmm. so you have to decide and you have to like again I know that there's been pain and I know that we have felt judged we have felt hate by others and that have blocked our heart and like we feel betrayed I mean, honestly, like everything that have happened in the history of North America, it's mostly a history of betray, right? So of course we have lost so many members. Of course we are so far from our church. And, but uh, at some point we need to trust to, we need to decide to choose to trust again. And uh, yeah, I, I uh, that's that's kind of my feeling uh maybe one day we can do a podcast about trust after I reflect yeah. about it but I think this will yeah. be a common theme coming up with you here yeah yeah is really figuring out what this means you know I like one point you made that I've been thinking a lot about is that these these traits that we aspire to be like I want to be a trusting person I want to be a fearless person I want to be a faithful person I want to be a whatever xyz fill in the blank my realization in life and also with like mentoring people is that these traits are more skills that we develop than they are traits. They're more of just deciding, like you said, to be that and to make that choice. And we just kind of compile and string along many, many decisions like that and bigger and bigger decisions like that until we look back and we are that person because of the decisions we've made, right? So for example, somebody that goes to war to fight, 
despite it being scary, probably, I imagine, and fear-inducing, people decide to do that. And what makes people courageous is not because who they are, but it's because of their actions of deciding to, in the face of fear, courageously go forward and bravely move forward. That's what makes them courageous is their actions. If you remember Batman, I don't know if you watched the Batman trilogy, Karina. I know Robert has, right? But there's this yeah. beautiful line in the first movie where he says, one second, let me put the voice on. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. Okay. It's not who I am <laughs> underneath, <laughs> but what I do that defines me. I have to do the voice. Um, so the point being that it's it's less effective and it's actually more of a waste of time to think like, I'm going to be this person. I'm going to be this, be this. But it's actually when the rubber hits the road, deciding. So for, for example, I really love uh, Ilya and Diane's story. If you listen to Ilya's and Diane's podcast uh, in this in this matchup podcast, Ilya was sharing experience where he was asked by his parents, who would you like to get a match to? What preference do you have? And his first thought was not a black person, right? Hold on, hold the thought. And then he thought, is that wise? Is that loving? to limit my opportunities and perhaps the opportunity for God to work. If God was to say, hey, I recommend this beautiful person that would be perfect for you in creating a Chanogok family and she's black. Would that be a wise thing for me to say no, right? And so Ilya had the wisdom in the moment to make a decision, even though, might I add, even though he had a preference to not be matched with a black person, he made the decision in the moment to put that aside for the sake of something greater. And so it was a decision. It was not a trait because people are often trying to be, when they're preparing for matching, they're like, Benji, how do I become somebody that can just accept anyone? How can I become someone that is open-minded? How can I become someone? Yeah. It's like, when, and I always say the same thing, when it counts, you make the choice. Do you think that our parents, Karina, the first generation had preferences when they got to, went to True Fathers Matching? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad wanted a Japanese. <laughs> of course he did, right? Everyone wants a Japanese. No, I'm kidding. Every, everyone has preferences. But did it let it get in the way of them finding, getting matched and getting blessed? No, because it was a decision they made to focus on the internal and something more important and long-term. And so these yeah. traits of like, I want to be open-minded. I want to be accepting. I want to be trusting. It's really like when it counts, are you going to make the right choice? Yeah. And then you string together enough of those decisions and bigger and bigger decisions, and you pass a certain certain threshold, and then you become courageous. You are fearless. Yeah. You are brave. You are loving because of the decisions that you've made, and not because of some trait that you were born or not born with. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like I totally. think of myself when I was 18 years old. Like I don't know why, but I had this weird delusional bravery at 18 to go to two, two parents matching. Was it scary? Yeah, probably. I imagine, and I remember. Yeah. feeling frozen in the matching ceremony right but for some reason i was like i decided in the moment okay i can i can be frozen and let this emotion of fear dictate my life yeah and control me or i can just put it aside and move forward despite the fear and then yeah. so so for me in my life just honestly like that's the threshold of like fear so mm -hmm. anything be below that i'm like this is easy like i can i can yeah. i can deal with fear I can deal with anything you know? and totally. we all have those experiences. We all have those thresholds and we just have to find the moments and pass them. And then we just are able to build the character traits of being those things, you know? So when I was getting ready to uh, become a candidate, I was faced with this question. Yeah. When do I know I'm, I'm ready? How do I know I'm ready? And I know that this is a question that, mm. so everyone has it. Like when, how do I know when I'm ready? This is the answer I receive, and this could apply to you, but I don't want to tell you uh, this is the only way to, for you to know that you're ready. But this is the answer I receive. It was like, whenever you you trust in God, you know, that mm -hmm. he, like, whenever you you let go control, basically. Like, whenever you trust in God, and whenever you let go control, and you, like, you have a heart that everything is going to be fine, you know? Because... When you let go control in the matching process or when you become a candidate and you're like, okay, every, like you have this completely trust that God has your back and everything is going to be fine. Then you, you, you have to, again, you have to let go control that is on you. And then you have to trust. And with that trust, it brings peace. So 
coming, entering to a matching process of becoming a matching candidate with that peace in your heart, that was what I felt, what it meant to be ready to, to have peace in my heart that I trust in God, that he has my back and he wants me to be happy. And that make a whole difference because that meant that I will not have any person, single person in my mind that I will mean that I will not have a lot of restrictions about what kind of person I will get matched with. And that meant that I will be in peace when I'm communicating with someone, knowing that it might work or might not work. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like the foundation when I became a candidate. And uh, it really helped so much during like the rest of the process and my blessing, right? Of like, having that foundation of trust, God, God has my back. I, my, with all the key moments in my life, that has been the main point, like the mm. main, uh, like when I gave birth, trust, let it go control. That was like the main thing that make such a different experience. Um, so basically what I'm saying is that the key moments in your life, we all need to let go control and trust including, as you say, like getting much, right? And it's a decision, let it go. And it, it takes some time. And maybe when I realized that I wasn't there yet, but I know, okay, whenever I get there, I put myself a deadline. I'm gonna get there in six months. And I start to make intention, um, conditions and decisions to get to that point because I already have a North Star. I have a vision. Okay, that's what it looked like to be ready for me. Mm -hmm. um, so so yeah i completely agree it's That's a gold. it's a decision it's a goal yeah. and that yeah. is a golden golden nugget for everyone i think if any if everyone just impl uh implored that one thing then it would change people's lives simply right um karina could you sign us off with some final words you want to say I love you guys. I'm so excited for what is to come. I'm so excited for like, get to know you. And yeah, we'll see what it comes for the future of Lessing Ministry. Uh, please don't come to me to ask me to change rules because I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, is, what about you? That is helpful, actually, to know what you're not going to do, right? <laughs> like these it's are the like things i'm not going to focus on yeah no that's super helpful uh i want to say appreciation to all of our thousands of people that are going to be hearing this so especially huge shout out to our south americans big shout out to you guys we want to get more of the south americans to listen into the podcast now that karina's here and uh but also guys check out the MatchNet program the complete guide through the matching progress pro uh, process education all this stuff at matchnet.us and you can go systematically through the through the matching process there also share this episode with anybody that is on your team people that you love the only reason we do this is to help you guys so word of mouth spreading is how it grows because we don't have a budget and this is not some trendy topic we're talking about the matching blessing here it's a very niche <laughs> niche subject matter but um <laughs> we do this because we love you guys and uh catch you in the next episode bye-bye bye-bye